This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 296. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. This episode here is concluding our 31 of Halloween mini reviews covering the movies that I watched. I listed out releases from 2020, brand new titles that I was going to cover for my 31 of Halloween. Do it every single year and this is the last episode covering movies 24 through 31. Now, there was a double watch for Halloween, and I'm going to cover the official one and not the unofficial one, which will be reviewed somewhere down the line, and we'll get to that when we get to that on the list. So, this is a brand new week of Podcasts Under the Stairs content, and this is the Halloween hangover, isn't it? We are now on the other side, Um, things are kind of trundling back to some degree of normality, and yeah... Everything kind of, you're in that kind of post-Halloween kind of slump a little bit, a little bit. Like I say all the time, Halloween is with you always, Halloween is where you are. So you just keep those horror movies are trundling along and podcasts under the stairs will be here to keep you going. That being said, we are taking a fairly lazy, loosey-goosey week. This week is our first week back into kind of normal podcast content. And it all begins here with the final kind of run through of that 31 of Halloween. On Thursday you're going to get Movie Club Announcement, so your third movie in the four part series looking at black exploitation horror. I have picked a very fun one for November. I get a feeling a lot of these are going to be upset but just deal with it and try and have fun with it? Question mark? Um, no Saturday episode. My plans for Saturday have fallen through so we're going to take a wee break and I'm going to enjoy a rare Saturday off podcasting. I don't often get one. Uh, and then Sunday, 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 we return with the 88 Films Slasher Classic Collection looking at offerings from 1988, I think it was, or 89. It's a kind of late 80s one. I've never seen it anyway, so I'm interested to see what that actually looks like. Over in the Teapots Collective, I did see Lucy Goosey. Nothing being released on the Teapots Collective this week. But I do have plans... Um, to kind of keep things trundling along on that one, we obviously have Doing the Nasty and Opera Omnia that are the, the kind of mean throws there, we begin with Jallo, we'll be releasing an episode in November. Uh, Opera Omnia will be releasing two episodes this month, you'll be getting the brand new one with myself and Richard Glenn Smith continuing on our penultimate episode for Peter Strickland, looking at the Duke of Burgundy, but I'll be bringing him back uh, season one resident host Mr Watson as we look at a little bit of Rebecca the new film by Ben Wheatley and we'll be continuing them on every time Wheatley releases a movie we will be back to discuss it for Opera Omnia and that we will build up a nice little arsenal of reviews covering director stuff so yeah that's on the docket for that 
November is a fun month for me. It's the month where I get to just pick all random sorts of shit and put them into shows and kind of just do an ad hoc loosey-goosey month um, because December is tight and you know how tight December is. We put out almost, it's like one episode every two days in December, pretty much, um, leading up to Christmas Eve when I actually take uh, a couple of weeks off podcasting, which is a, a, a rarity for me. It's the only time of the year I take some time off. It's also listener choice month in December I will give you three episodes that you can control one is of course your dream Christmas horror movie review that has never been done on podcasts under the stairs your dream double bill you get that one as well because I am gracious that way and then you also get to choose um, which host joins me for a special episode as well. So you get that one. Um, I'm trying to convince the Baz to come on and do Warlock as a Christmas commentary. And if you guys will it to happen, it will happen. But you need to badger them on the Facebook that you want the Baz to do a Warlock Christmas Eve commentary. And if that comes together, then that will come together. So there we go. Right, I'm going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. Ladies and gents, when you return, oh, it's time to do some work here as we do the last couple of movies on my list. And that list will begin with movie 24, The Last Laugh. We're right back to discuss that movie right after this. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at gohpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. We got one shot. Look, I know the gig tonight is a big deal. The biggest of your career. Do you impress those people tonight? Your days of worrying about rent are over. This theater has a twisted history, man. Hey, have you seen or heard anything weird around here? There's a dead body in my dressing room. I heard this theater has some tragic history. All theaters have history. Perhaps you should focus on your show tonight. Doors will open in 45 minutes. I saw Isabella Hooper with your agent. How'd you get in here, huh? She's here to see you. Unexplained deaths happened in this theater. And when they've happened, they've blamed it on Laughing Linda. Laughing Linda? Mm-hmm. That's a horrible name. This theater is everything that I have always wanted. They never appreciated this place, not like I did. There is such a thing as comedy karma, you know. Clearly you would know. You think you can handle it? 
I'm going to do whatever it takes for our big night. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for The Last Laugh. This one was written and directed by Jeremy Berg, and the movie itself stars Steve Van Der Zee, uh, Eric Stone, Lil Dio, Angela DeMarco, Miranda Long, Marcus Leppard, Brad Jesserig, Nick Siege Palomeri, Tony M. Skoog, Luke Shook, and some other folks in here. Synopsis for this one is listed on IMDb as a stand-up comedian on the verge of a breakout success must make a terrible choice when he discovers a murderer is on the loose in the theatre where he's about to perform his big show. Now, that synopsis sounds really interesting, but that synopsis isn't necessarily actually what's happening in this movie. Um, I had been really looking forward to this one, and I need to kind of temper my expectations these days what should have been a, a, a warning flag straight away or a flare in the air for me to see straight away was when everyone started talking about how much of a giallo horror this was um, I, the older I get the more I start to think that people don't know what a fucking giallo is um, like genuinely I, I think people don't know what a giallo is I think what they think is some neon lights and a black glove killer must be a giallo. Um, right, let's get into this one. I did not really like this movie, if I'm honest. Uh, it's it's a slasher movie, is what it is. It is not a giallo movie. It's not long, but it felt long. It's like an hour and 20 minutes long, but this felt like it was going on forever. Um, it's a movie about a stand-up comedian... And essentially a theatre, which is he... The theatre itself is a great giallo setting. So just give me that. But he's a stand-up comedian. He's not fucking funny. No one in this movie's funny. There is no, like, humour at all. Which the movie would have probably worked a bit better if it had been a bit more tongue-in-cheek. Um, the killer is a slasher killer. There's hints towards maybe something being supernatural. Nothing is delivered. Uh, there's a whole lot of nothing happening in this movie. And massive spoiler for this one. I think this might be one of the very few films I've seen in a long time where we have a mass killer and no one is revealed. Like, I was, unless I blinked and missed it, you do not get the identity of this killer at the end. Nor is the killer caught. So I don't know what the fucking point is. Because it's kind of hinted that maybe the theatre's haunted. I'm really spoiling this one, I'm sorry. Uh, it's hinted that maybe the theatre's haunted, but there's no indication of that. Um, and like I say, the killer's not revealed. And it's just, it's an exercise in fucking tedium. This is like the worst. Like some of these slasher classic movies I've seen are better than this. So there you go. 88 films are putting out better movies than this brand new Jallo horror. Because it's Jallo. Is it fuck? Um, yeah. Uh, the effects weren't great. The acting is ropey. Um, yeah, it's not a good movie. Not a good movie. Uh, it's only blessing is, like I say, it's an hour and 20 minutes long. But you will feel every single second of that hour and 20 minutes. The costume design of the killer's great. That is about it. That's about as far as I will go in giving praise to this movie. Um, interestingly enough, not the worst movie that we're about to discuss in this list. And a couple of howlers in this group, uh, and the last laugh was one of them. Totally disappointed. But once again, I should get worried when people start throwing the word out Jallo because 
I've said this. I've said this many times. I've talked about it on where to begin with Jallo. I recently talked about it on Opera Omnia when we were talking about the Barbarian Sim Studio. I think people think they know what that subgenre is. Um, and the interesting thing about this, like the the most egregious mistake the Last Laugh makes in not being a Jallo is it doesn't tell you who the killer is. That's the whole point. A Jallo is a murder mystery, and at the end you get a reveal. You get a real a, a reveal. Um, you get a a motif. You know, you get none of that here at all. Uh, it's, it's just... And, oh, so many unlikable characters. Just like I see them. Like, every time you think, oh, well, that was that. At least that one's dead. It's like a Hydra 3 pop up in their place. Uh, yeah, The Last Laugh is not a good movie. It is, it's the sort of movie I would expect to see, actually, at a festival and say, oh, well, that's just a festival movie. You know, we're a lower tier one to fill up some space before the good movie comes on. Because uh, that's legitimately how it felt and the fact it got as much press and push as it did from horror websites screams to me that money must have been really good with the production company to pass this one around to get it out there yeah do yourself a favour avoid the last laugh um, if anything I've told you has been like an indication of how much I dislike this movie you should jump away from it uh, in terms of my grade it did not score well you shouldn't have expected it to score well it got two stars I didn't like it and that was movie 24 on the list so shall we continue on yes Duncan please do okay listener that sounds a lot like Duncan we're going to take a short break you're going to hear the trailer for movie number 25 it was The Other Lamb when we come back we're discussing it right after this there once was a woman made of moonlight and teeth she would roam in the woods searching for something hunting and he just kept telling me you are perfect. You are accepted. Oh, my shepherd. I need a deeper experience with you than I ever had before. So beautiful, just like your mother's. Come, Come down, down upon me and fill me with yourself. Let us pray. My wives, you all came to me broken by cruel world. I took every one of you in. I sacrificed my life for you. I gave you daughters and sisterhood and life. Let us reflect on our blessings. Yes, my shepherd. You think that because you haven't had your time yet, that makes you special. Prepare yourself, child. Our great shepherd won't be so sweet on you then. I'll be seeing you when the blood comes to you. As I went down in the valley to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Shala, what happened? Oh, sisters, let's go down. It's worse than punishment. Let's go I'm relying on you, Sella. Of all my children, you're the purest in your faith. (laughs) 
and welcome back. So you just heard the trailer for movie number 25. This was The Other Lamb. This one came in via a screener. Uh, it's directed Mal by, oh, and this name will be near impossible for me to pronounce, Malgorzata Sumoska. I think is how you pronounce that. Probably isn't, and I do deeply apologise. Um, I am not great at the old pronunciations at the best of times, let alone when you give me so many letters. Um, it's based on the, I'm assuming, screenplay or novel by C.S. McMillan. And the movie stars Rafi Cassidy, Michael Huseman, Denise Goh, Abby Cowley, Eve Connolly, Isabel Connolly, Jean Herbert, Ashlyn Margurkin, Kelly Campbell, Eva Mullen, Mallory Adams, Irene Keller, some other folks. Synopsis for this one is listed on IMDb as a girl born into an all-female cult led by a man in their compound begins to question his teachings and her own reality. So, like the other lamb almost feels like it was made specifically for 2020. <laughs> oh, so many things. Um, this is a dark, deeply depressing fucking movie. Um, is it horror? Kinda? I mean, in that cults are horrific and anything dealing with cults is kind of horrific and I mean there is there's a small bit towards the end that definitely puts its foot in there um, essentially this is like it said in the description here this is a movie about a guy who models himself after the look of Jesus he's a cult leader and he has a harem of women who he sleeps with who have children who he will then sleep with who will have children and so on and so forth. It's immensely fucking creepy. And we are joining our main character here, who's played by Rafi Casti, who plays Sela, um, as she is basically blossoming into a woman. I will not go any further in those descriptions because I'm a man and we shouldn't talk about women's stuff. But basically she is kind of blossoming into a woman and he's starting to take notice of her, starting to take an interest. And at this point... She is kind of starting to think that maybe something's up. Maybe there's a different way of life. Maybe what this guy's doing is just innately fucking creepy. And then on top of that, uh, the police get involved. Well, the police basically come around, realise that he's a bit of a creepy git, and ask them to move out their compound that they're in. So it becomes like a travelling movie along the Irish countryside. Um, this movie is fucking beautifully shot. I mean, beautifully shot. The cinematography is jaw-droppingly good. It's got that kind of... It really leans into... I believe it was shot in Ireland. It really leans into the countryside. The kind of bleak... Kind of almost industrial colours. The grey overcast skies. And just like... Really, it's a cold-looking movie. And as a result, the things that happen in it stand as a... Almost... Not as a juxtaposition, but reinforcing how desolate and destitute these women are that are stuck in this uh, situation. Um, Michael Huseman, who plays the shepherd, is awesome. He's a fucking reprehensible character and from the moment he speaks, I want bad things to happen to him. Like, really, really, really bad things. And whether or not they will um, is 
for you to find out as you watch the movie. It culminates in a really cool way, but it just feels like it takes a long time to get there. It is not a long movie. This is another one that is about an hour and a half long, and it really labours its point. You go through a lot of ceremony. This is not like Midsommar. Like, Midsommar is almost the diametrically... It's the other side of the colour coin, you know, vibrant, bright colours. This one is very overcast grey colours. And it's really leading into the transition from girl to womanhood and the questions that we make. The, the way we, on some level, believe abjectly or objectly to an extent things that are taught to us as, as a kid but when we reach the kind of teenage years and the, the hormones start pumping the really the reason we want to start to question authority um, it's very well done to be honest it's not a bad movie the acting is great the script is brilliant it's shot beautifully it's just a very bleak very slow movie and even towards the end there isn't much to uplift you or to brighten you up um, it's like a non-violent version of the woman in a, in a weird way even the ending felt reminiscent of the woman to an extent and you do get a bit of pathos and stuff but I just like I say it, it kind of felt like the isolation and all the rest was reinforced and if you're looking for any slither of light in the year that has been 2020 the other lamb doubles down on life is pretty bad and the people that run things are pretty bad and don't try and rebel too much because if you try and stick your head out too far it might get chopped off um, wonderful score in the movie as well it was beautifully scored so yeah for I mean technically this is a brilliant movie but like I say the subject matter I just it dragged me down when this movie finished I felt so fucking drained like so drained um, and not because it had put me through such an arduous amount of torture like something like a martyrs or whatever it just dragged me down because it's it's a very depressing look at life and life is depressing and I understand that but sometimes you don't need it magnified on the screen so yeah I mean it's an impeccable movie but it just didn't connect with me and the way that I really thought it was going to I really thought I was going to get another like Apostle sort of movie or whatever but it doesn't really go down that road it features more on just how fucking reprehensible this guy is I will say if you do not like sequences of rape if you do not like sequences of how to put this um, male and female violence then don't watch The Other Lamb because it it is in there. It's not egregious and it's not over the top by any stretch of the imagination, but it does show you. So if you're triggered by anything that I've just mentioned, don't watch Other Lamb. I give it a three and a half out of five. Somewhere between I liked it and I really liked it. I, I, I don't think I'll ever really like this movie. I appreciate it for a lot of what it did. It just maybe not necessarily the movie that I thought I was going to get. And even then, I don't know what I actually thought I was going to get. I knew kind of what I was going to get with the next movie, so let's get into that. Movie number 26 on the list was Z. This one is available exclusively on Shudder. I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, you are going to hear the, well, the review after the promo or trailer or whatever it is uh, for Z, which was released in 2019 and made its way to Shudder. I'm kind of smiling because, yeah, this movie is fucking bonkers at the end. Uh, right, you're going to hear the trailer. We're going to discuss it right after Three, this. Two, one. One, two, three, ready or not, I'll find you. Oh, hi, Mommy. Wanna play? A lot of children have imaginary friends. 
and oftentimes it's a uh, positive experience. Is there anything we can do to help him be less, you know, destructive? You could try playing with him more at home. He's a good kid. You know, he's just got a really, I don't know, vivid imagination right now. Josh. Joshua, I am speaking to you. You put our son on medication and didn't tell me? Not seeing what I've seen, you don't understand how bad it is. You saw Z, didn't you? He's here with you, isn't he, Get off that track! I never want to see you again! He saw you too. I swear, I saw something standing in the corner watching me. using your son to try to reconnect with you. I'll be right out. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Z. This is exclusively available on Shudder. Now this kind of, there was a reason I picked this one. I picked this one because I had assumed and I was right that the other lamb was going to be a very kind of bleak, stark sort of movie. So I picked a movie that I thought might just be pure trash. And the reason I picked Z as the this could be pure trash was because on the poster it said from the creators of Stillborn, a movie which was also available on Shudder, which was pure trash. And um, yeah, Brandon Christensen is the director. He co-wrote this with Colin Minahan. And it stars actually surprising names here. We've got Keegan Connor Tracy, uh, Sean Rogerson. We have Stephen McCatty, who I fucking love deeply, is in this movie. Ali Webb, who I've seen in stuff before as well. Uh, Jet Klein is the kid playing Joshua. Uh, Sean Rogerson, who's been in tons of stuff. Um, yeah, I. The synopsis, let's get to that first. Right, uh, a family find themselves terrorised by their eight-year-old son's imaginary friend, who, by the way, is called Z. Um, yeah, this movie's not very good. <laughs> and it was painfully slow for the first two thirds. Once again, an hour and 20 minutes long. Not a long movie. There's a reason you put these movies towards the end, because um, you need to skip through them. You need to get through these movies. And... The first two thirds play out like every fucking movie you've seen about a kid's creepy imaginary friend and is it there or isn't it there? And then the last third kicks in and this movie goes fucking bonkers in a way which I wasn't ready for I just kind of sat dumbfounded to the level it was going. Um, the reveal in this movie out with the creepy kid being forced to do things because his imaginary friend has forced him to do things but maybe his imaginary friend's a demon is that his mother who's aggressively trying to get the kid help um, used to go to a psychiatrist because she too had an imaginary friend, wait for it, called Z. And Z is basically using her eight year old son to get back at her. Why he's waited this long? I don't know why eight. It's like I'll wait for him to turn eight so we can communicate with each other. It's never really explained. But the, the last third of this movie has the mother dressing up like a kid, behaving like a kid, playing kids games with a, a nothing on the screen, with an imaginary creature on the screen. And it's kind of fucking cuckoo bananas until the very, very last kind of two minutes of this movie where my jaw physically dropped open at how this movie fucking ends. 
Oh my god! They just went for it. They were like that. Like, yeah, let's just let's just give them let's just give them this. Um, it's not terribly acted, but it's not greatly acted. Stephen McCarty is the best thing in this movie. Why he's in this movie is beyond me. Uh, it throws every cliche that it can in here. There's about one or two kind of cool scare moments, which are completely undone by the following scene. Uh, the script is pretty hellish. Um, and it is, it's an exercising cliche. You've seen this movie, well, you've maybe never seen the end before, but you've seen this movie done a hundred times before. Um, and various shades of budget and studio releases uh, brings nothing really memorable or fresh to the table. Um, but it did entertain me. That last third is fucking bonkers entertaining. And it's difficult to kind of shy away from that. So when it finished, I was kind of like, well, you know what? I'm going to score it half a star higher than I was going to. So I was going to get two because uh, I didn't really like it. Didn't hate it, but just didn't really like it. And then the cuckoo's banana ending happened and I was like that. You know what? Fuck it. Uh, let's let's give it a half a star more. So two and a half stars. Somewhere between I didn't like it and I liked it. And I would never say I liked this movie, but by God, is that ending fucking nuts. So much fun. So much fun. Uh, yeah, it's exclusively available on Shudder, so if you've got a subscription, it ain't costing you anything to watch it. I'm not telling you to go and watch it, though. That is on your back, ladies and gents. Right, let's turn our attention to what was a digital screener for me. It's still not officially got a UK release, which is surprising, so I'm going to have to skirt around uh, any details because it's only just recently come out of America as well. But this is Antebellum, so we're going to discuss that movie after its trailer which is coming up right now. There she is. Guess what? Daddy is going to get you dressed for school today. We are descendants of the gods. This land was always ours. But we must never relent. We're nowhere. And everywhere. Virginia, right? I can tell. You're special. We are the future. You. You're not like the others. Uh, 
and welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Antebellum. So Antebellum landed in movie number 27 on my list. Like I say, you got a digital screener for this one and I was kind of excited, if I'm honest. Like, I saw the trailer for this one back when cinemas were still cinemas and it wasn't that far away. I want to say this was supposed to originally be released in, like, April time. That feels about right and then was delayed uh, and then was delayed um, and I picked up the wrong end of the stick because I actually thought that this was a Blumhouse movie and it's not a Blumhouse movie and the reason I kind of mistaken that is it did see from the producers of Get Out and Us or from the creators of Get Out and Us one of the two and I was like alright cool um, I, I'm into this and obviously Get Out and Us are kind of African American centric horror movies and I've, I've done really really well and whilst I wasn't as high on Us as I was with Get Out I think Get Out is a modern masterpiece um, I think Us is a, a, a perfectly fine movie but I wouldn't go any further than that I was interested about Antebellum because the trailers kind of are delivered in such a way where there's almost a remember the TV show Lost there's a kind of Lost-esque quality and what's kind of interesting about the IMDb is one of the most frequently asked questions on IMDb about this is is Antebellum a time travel movie the reason I ask that is in the trailer there are slaves picking cotton and one of them looks up and a plane aeroplane flies overhead um, and it's like huh so I kind of I was expecting like a proper head fuck of a movie fully strapped in for that and Antebellum is not that Antebellum is a very long long movie it's an hour and 45 minutes uh, it's another movie that makes you feel every second of screen time and for about the first 20 minutes I can't go into spoiler details on this one at all because of it's quote unquote twist ending um the first 20 minutes are like black slaves being horrifically abused and raped and beaten up and all manner of fucking really horrible things. It's very distressing to watch. But it's not, a, I mean, it's, and it is almost exploitatively shown on the screen. Um, and then the movie takes a twist. And then it takes another twist. And then it gives you a reveal. And that reveal might be arguably one of the most ill-placed, ill-advised, we think we're really clever but we're not, endings to a movie I've seen in quite some time. So much so that I got quite angry when the ending happened and the reveal of what is actually happening, which makes not a fucking lick of sense, which would never fucking happen. And to me, this feels like a movie trading off the hard work that a movie like Get Out and Us have done in creating a good grounding and base for African-American centric horror movies. Antebellum feels like it's trying to be that. It's, it's basically, it's like the, it's, it's the Power Man 5000 of African-American horror movies. It trades off the fact that, you know, it's kind of related to Rob Zombie uh, musically, so you should kind of like it, but to be honest with you, it isn't as good as it. We all know it isn't as good as it, and to be honest, the longer it goes on, the more disappointing it gets. Um, Antebellum, like, really made me angry towards the end, and I don't often get angry at a movie, so much so that I'm going to jump across um, giving you any more details about it. 
and somewhere down the line I dare say there will be a review forthcoming for it but yeah this this really angered me it really really angered me and I don't often I don't often get that way watching a movie and not for the reasons like like I, I watched Terrified right and Art the Clown comes on there and I've told everyone why I hate that but that's still a cheaply made movie right that it's trying to elevate itself by having a creepy killer and that's where all the money is and the story's not fucking there and I get that and as much as I hate that movie I appreciate what they did there Antebellum's got a budget and it is very distinctively trying to push itself into a territory it's ill-equipped to be in um, and a subject matter that I think is handled fucking terribly Uh, so yeah I, I, I did not like this movie one and a half out of five um, you know if I watch it again it might be a one uh, that's how yeah, somewhere between hated and didn't like it it might end up being a one um, really really annoyed like really 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 angry at this movie over the moon that I didn't have to see it in the cinema because I would have been loud in the cinema when the end happened very loud and it wouldn't have been nice things that I would have been saying so there we go uh, right, uh, so let's jump away from this as quick as fucking possible, shall we? Uh, let's go to a Netflix exclusive title. This is Hashtag Alive. This is movie number 28. You're going to hear the trailer. I'm going to be right back to discuss it right after this. Hi, hi. Oh, what's up? Oh, I'm going to go to
and welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Hashtag Alive. Uh, this is exclusively available on Netflix. Came out middle of September-ish. Directed by Il Cho. Written, uh, well, written and directed by Il Cho. Matt Naylor has a screen uh, credit of some description on here. Uh, this is a Korean, uh, South Korean zombie movie. There's a lot of South Korean people in this movie whose names I will, uh, you know, butcher, so let's not fucking do that. Um, uh, right, how do we do this one? Um, let me let, let me put my cards on the table, right? I did not dislike this movie, and once again, I appreciate... You're seeing a theme here. Um, I appreciate a lot of what it does. I think there is probably quite a big audience for this sort of movie, I think the zombie fatigue, I keep saying this every year, has fully set in and then I watch another one and I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Uh, but I think it kind of has by this point here. Um, zombie for Sale I saw this year, which was also a South Korean kind of horror comedy, zom rom com sort of idea, which I thought was fucking brilliant. And it's probably the high watermark of zombie movies I've seen this year because primarily I don't really have an interest for them and... I am kind of looking for whatever the twist or spin is that's put on them that makes them palatable. In the case of this one, the synopsis is the rapid spread of an unknown infection has left an entire city in ungovernable chaos. But one survivor remains alive in isolation. It is his story. Um, I liked a lot of the acting in this one. I liked the characters as that quirkiness that South Korean cinema has. I think it's handled really well. I think the practical effects are brilliant. I think it's shot. The action sequences are shot incredible um, as a good piece this is just under an hour and 40 long but didn't feel it it moves along at a whip but about halfway through this movie I kind of started to lose interest and it wasn't because it wasn't doing anything to gain my interest it's just I kind of felt like I'd seen the movie before uh, and that's maybe the, the issue it's why I look for things that are different in zombie movies um, the setup and delivery this guy being a gamer and a bit of a loner anyway uh, kind of plays into his advantage the the zombies have their own kind of quirk um, it's interesting seeing a zombie movie in the situation that we're in just now with coronavirus and the UK is about to go back into lockdown again so seeing all that together there is kind of something like oh you know life imitating art uh, corona zombies um, but yeah I mean it's it's fine for what it is and I I enjoyed sections of it but as a movie I, I was never emotionally invested I never really connected with any of the characters and whilst it's, it's very accomplished and it's very well put together and I'm glad Netflix has put it out there and I hope a lot of people are checking it out because it is it's a fucking well constructed well put together well acted well shot uh, movie for sure it, it just didn't grab me and the reason it didn't grab me is on me and not the movie is just that this genre has somehow managed to cling on a decade after when it probably should have um, and every now and again something really is quite remarkable and it catches my attention but for the most part it kind of trundles along and, and does everything like there was nothing surprising about this movie at all to me like I was one step ahead of it all the way through it the movie was a zombie and I was that survivor who'd been training all my life to avoid zombies Um I don't really have anything else to say. If you've got Netflix, give it a watch, man. It's not a bad movie at all. If you like zombie movies and you're looking for a really well put together one, hashtag alive will do that. It's, it's well crafted that way. It just didn't have the hook that I wanted, that I needed 
to get me in. But some of the action sequences are as about as good as action sequences will be shot this year. Just like really, really well crafted and put together. And uh, that's all I have to say about the movie. It got three and a half out of five. Um, and like I say, it's up to you. It's available. Netflix, why not give it a, a punt? Um, we're moving on to a horror comedy next. This was movie number 29. This is Snatchers. You're going to hear the trailer. I'm going to be right back right after this. So, how far along are you? A day. I've changed a lot this summer. My priorities are different. Felt so good. Did you pull out? I'm sure everything's fine. Triage, Haley. Priority one is keeping this quiet. Priority two is my general overall well being. How about we just slap you on the kitchen counter and aim you at the Vitamix? Okay. This is why you use a condom. Oh, this is so not why you use a condom. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Snatchers. This one um, is available just now. So you can go and check it out. It's on Amazon. Um, you can rent it there, iTunes, all the usual places. Uh, this is directed and written by the duo of Stephen Cedars and Benji Kleiman. Uh, the movie itself stars Mary Nepe, Gabriella Elise, Gigi Nolan, Austin Freiberger, Nick Gomez, Rich Fulcher, um, Ashley Argota. Amy Landecker, Logan Rogan, Alex Skinner, Amy Arburn, and some other folks in here. Synopsis for this one is, after status-obsessed teen Sarah has sex for the first time, she wakes up the next day nine months pregnant with an alien, which is pretty much the movie. So this is a horror comedy, and it... This is one... Right, I see the first 20 minutes, I thought I was going to fucking hate this movie. It's all that kind of, let's take a selfie sort of kind of teen nonsense that grates on my tits very, very, very quickly. And then Snatchers finds its second gear and then becomes easily one of the more entertaining horror comedies I've seen this year. Its premise is just ludicrous. Its characters are fucking brilliant. Um... Some of the one-liners are, are like laugh on the floor, you know, holding your belly because you can't take it anymore. Funny. It just loves throwing buckets of blood and goo and all the rest over its cast. And it's it has a weird affinity of paying homage to a shitload of movies. In fact, we did this as a Teapot's cast commentary and I lost count of how many movies I was like oh that's totally like Indiana Jones and oh that's totally like Star Wars and this bit here's like Gremlins and this bit here's like Alien and just like tons of them and it just keeps going in a really entertaining fashion and what I found is the longer it went along the more I wanted to watch it and it's ludicrous it really 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 is and I imagine for a lot of people it will be offensively stupid and that is fine if that's the case but 
This is another movie that weirdly feels like a festival movie, but had this played at a festival, I would have laughed my tits off. Um, and I did a lot of that anyway. I just thought it was really, really, really fun. Well shot, tons of practical effects. There's a bit of CGI, which isn't great, but I can kind of put that to the side. Cash choice and is brilliant. Script, I don't think teens talk like this, but maybe they do. Uh, and it's weird that two kind of older men wrote a script for teenage girls, but... It works in terms of the the main characters in this one, whether it's Mary Nepe or a Gabriella Elise, do this kind of very quick back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, almost sort of finishing their sentences, which works really, really well. Uh, Austin Freiberger, who plays Skylar, who's the young kid that you heard ejaculate prematurely in that trailer, is very, very funny in this one. Nick Gomez plays a cop who's very funny in this one. Yeah, it just across the board worked really, really, really well for me. It's very, very fun, very entertaining. Um, yeah, you'll I, I think you'll either love it or I'll annoy you. Um, and it landed on that I thought this was very, very, very funny and very entertaining list. Uh, Snatchers to me was a welcome break. It definitely picked my spirits up before the last two movies, which were definitely darker. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed it. I, I think you should go and check it out. Like I say, it's on Amazon, Apple, all the places you get movies. Uh, I don't think it's physically available in the UK yet, although I will want to buy this one at some point for sure. Uh, I gave it a four and a half. I'd, somewhere between I really liked and loved it. It's entertaining as balls. This is the sort of movie I will watch again and again. It's mindless. Don't need to switch my brain on. It's well executed. Runs quick. Doesn't spend any time doing anything like too kind of, huh? It just gets right through it. And sometimes you just need a movie like that to cheer you up. And it delivers. So there we go. It got a four and a half. And we are moving into the penultimate movie for me, which is very dark, very serious. One that I was very much looking forward to. Hammer Horror put this movie out and it's directed by the directing duo behind Goodnight Mummy, a movie that I thought was fucking incredible, if not bleak. And guess what? This one as well. You're going to hear the trailer for The Lodge. I'm going to discuss it right after this. So, how would you feel about going to the mountains for Christmas with Grace? She really wants to get to know you guys. That's our mom's hat. Oh, I'm sorry. I... You okay? I don't want to leave you here with the kids if you're not feeling up to it. Uh, I'm feeling fine. It was my idea, and it's a couple days. I can do a couple days. Okay, guys, I'm off. Have fun. What is that? It's crazy. Everyone committed suicide except for her. Repent, and you will find salvation. Things are very uncomfortable between us. And we're stuck in a house together. What is this? The power's out. Where are my things? It makes no sense. What? I heard something. Hello? 
Did you do that? We didn't do anything. We're leaving. What are you talking about? Look outside. We're stuck here. Welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for The Lodge. This one is directed by Severin Fevila and Veronica Franz. Uh, like I said, they are the directing team behind Goodnight Mummy, uh, which I thought was fucking awesome. Uh, this is a movie by Hammer Horror Studios, which makes me incredibly happy to see that. Kind of great cast here. We've got Riley Keogh, Jaden Martell, Liam McHugh, Richard Armitage, Alicia Silverstone, and then really everything beyond this point is kind of like, well, there's some characters here, but let's not get into it. Um, synopsis for this one is a soon-to-be stepmom is a soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiance's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. Um I'd really been looking forward to this one and it delivered for the most part I don't necessarily think because it's a new title and all the rest I'm going to hold back on going into spoilers um, I don't necessarily think this is as good as Goodnight Mummy and it plays with a lot of the same themes uh, if not inverting and that's as far as I will go the themes of the previous movie um I, for the most, it's a very depressed movie, and we should get that out of the way. It's a very dark, bleak, somber, kind of nihilistic in a lot of respects sort of movie, which has like deeply unlikable characters, and I have to stress that right now. However, it did a lot for me in terms of examining some. I mean, it's a bit far fetched, but we'll get into that. It's a horror movie for fuck's sake. Uh, examining the kind of lapse religious beliefs trauma that lies there you know the fragility of of faith or even the fragility of choice and what you believe in faith I think the movie's at its strengths when it, it deals with that it has very much like Good Mummy has is a very kind of jaw dropping ending in that it, it's all in with this one all the chips are pushed across the table that you will remember the ending to the lodge and it worked really really well for me where I think it kind of lost me a little bit as it did feel overtly long I know it's a criticism quite a lot of these movies this one's just about an hour and 50 minutes long I think there's a good 15 maybe even 20 minutes we could chop out here and tighten up and really not lose much of the story Um, it was weird seeing Alicia Silverstone for the very limited role she has in this movie um, but I will say Riley Keough is an actress that I think is kind of fucking phenomenal uh, and she's really went to me from strength to strength of late specifically in the stuff that she's doing within the genre so I think she's brilliant in the house that Jack built I think she is great and it comes tonight uh, it comes at night 
I thought she was brilliant in Mad Max Fury Road. So you get a lot of that. And if you've ever seen American Honey, she's fucking great in that as well. A real talent, a real good actress, and she plays the ever-loving fuck out of the role she's given here. The two kids are obnoxious for a reason. And that part is done very well because they're obnoxious for a reason. And once you get over that, I think it works fine. Like I say, it's a bit long, it's beautifully shot. I love the premise of it. I love the execution of it. I just felt, you know, it was a slight disconnect and it ran a bit longer than it should have. Um, a lot of people have been saying this was the one to watch out for this year. And I can see why in terms of it, it's fairly nihilistic kind of ending. A lot of people talking about Hereditary and I, once again, I understand why. There's a use of a dollhouse in this movie. There's, you know, like, which made me think Hereditary and the way it's structured is very Hereditary-esque as an ending which feels very much from the, the, the kind of brainchild of someone that likes a dark ending like Hereditary has. It maybe just doesn't necessarily give everything that Ari Aster would give to this but I will say this these directors are fucking brilliant at what they do it is a deeply dark movie for sure and it did feel like they were I can see why they were given this movie to do and I can see why Hammer put it out because Goodnight Mummy is a fucking great movie and they basically said make a movie like that and that's what they've done they made another movie like that they played around with similar themes and delivered it with a much bigger budget and it looks great uh, I gave it a 4 I think in time it might go up a little, but I'll never go above a 4.5. I'll never say I love this movie, but I might appreciate it a bit more on a second watch and the pacing might work a bit better for me then. But yeah, I thought The, the Lodge was a fucking really good movie. Like, really, really, really good movie. Is it top 10 material? Uh, top 10 is going to be quite tight this year, so it might sneak in about the 10 or the 9, but I can't imagine it going much higher than that. Okay, that brings us to our final movie. Movie number 31 on the list was Swallow. You're going to hear the trailer for that movie when I come back. I'm discussing it right after this. Do I make you happy? I'm the happiest man in the whole world. I feel so lucky. You're not mad at me? Mom, we're pregnant. About what? I just want to make sure I'm not doing anything wrong. You couldn't do anything wrong, even if you tried. So what did you do for money before you met my son? Retail, mostly. A lucky break. I'm just real grateful. Fake it till you make it. Are you happy? Pretending to be happy. How does it make you feel when you swallow something? Right here. 
to make you happy. You get back here with my kids! I did something unexpected today. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Swallow. So this was movie number 31. Why did I pick this one as my Halloween movie? Uh, mostly because a lot of people told me that this was a movie that I would fucking adore. And this is the one that I should check out. And to be honest, the last couple of years I've put the number 31 position as that very sort of movie where enough people come to me and tell me Duncan you're really going to dig this movie I will tend to reorder things in such a way where I'll actually hold off watching certain movies for a huge amount of time in order to check it out and this one came out back in March in the UK it's been out for a while so I've been holding on to it for quite some time it is written and directed by Carlo Mirabella Davis and the movie itself stars... Hayley Bennett, Austin Stowell, Dennis O'Hare, Elizabeth Marvel, David Rash, Rashi, uh, Luna, Lauren Belez, Zabrina Gurvana, um, and some other folks. Synopsis for this one is Hunter, a newly pregnant housewife, finds herself increasingly compelled to consume dangerous objects. As her husband and his family tighten their control over her life, she must confront the dark secret behind her new obsession. So, um, this is a movie that has played over and over and over in my head since I saw it, um, and I can't quite shake it, and I don't know why. Um, I don't necessarily... It's the way... See, when I saw Raw a couple of years ago, what was that, 2016, 2017? Raw played it in my head for about a week after I saw it. I just kept thinking about specific scenes of discomfort that I had watching that movie and Swallow kind of falls into that as well um, the synopsis here is pretty much spot on uh, you're basically following a woman who is in a very domineering marriage who kind of wants to be in a lot of respects in a very domineering marriage and she doesn't have the ability to speak out so instead what she starts doing is eating inanimate objects that are dangerous or household items and it starts relatively small with a marble and works its way up into objects which you will wince watching or even put near her mouth um, and it's about obsession it's about mental health it's about compulsion to an extent um, it's about trauma um, and it's it, it's packaged in a movie that is incredibly fucking shot wonderfully acted and delicately put together. In fact, if anything, my only complaint about this movie is how delicately it is. I'd like to make central character of Hunter, who's this very soft-spoken woman, talks very, you know, like like so um, malleable to her kind of husband's ways, which are kind of you know uncomfortable to watch because he's a prick. Um, it kind of 
it, it's it's so kid glovey in the way it's constructed, even to an extent. And it's not it's not a negative. It's a difficult subject matter to discuss anyway. But even the way it discusses its subject matter is done in a way where I don't necessarily feel like it gives it full kind of credence or handles it in a way which I think is like really really well done. That being said, though, uh, I think what it does do is kind of word this. I don't think it goes to the jugular. I don't think it necessarily goes as deep as it needs to, but weirdly, I don't think it needs to go that deep. I think um, it is about experience. Its score is kind of synthy, wavy, and indie in the background. Its visual style is very unique. There's almost a bubblegum texture to it, which I think works really, really well. It's vibrant. It kind of assaults the senses while not necessarily assaulting the senses in an egregious sort of way. I mean, this movie at no point is explicit in what it does. A lot of it's done by suggestion, which is a very hard mechanism to do in a horror movie. Now, it deals with some stuff, uh, specifically to, it's alluded there in terms of the the kind of the dark past that, that she has to confront, which I think is very well done. And in a lot of respects reminded me of Catelyn Varga, a movie by Peter Strickland that I recently covered as part of op- Opera Omnia. Plays in similar waters, but plays out in a different manner. Um, it's a great fucking movie. It really, 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 really is. I didn't give it a five. I'm kind of regretting that I didn't give it a five. I, I feel it probably is a five. But... I didn't give it that, I gave it a 4.5, I think later on I will regret that decision and this will definitely be a top 10 uh, contender for sure. I thought this movie was kind of fucking awesome, if I'm honest, Uh, like a genuine like tour de force singular vision piece of work. This feels like someone had a very distinct creative idea what they were doing and delivered it all. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's really, really, really good. Uh, this is another one you can order in the UK. It's not available physically, uh, but it is available digitally. So go forth and get this one. It's a high recommend for me and a great way to close out my list. Four and a half for Swallow. Right, I'm taking my final break when I come back. I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This, ladies and gents, has been bonus episode 296, concluding my 31 of Halloween mini horror reviews, doing movies number 24 through 31. I mean, across the board, this has been a fucking... One of the higher quality one of these that I've done, I've given out, what, four, five star reviews and potentially a fifth would swallow later on in the year for sure. Um, Just the quality across the board, excellent. Uh, I suppose the favourite watch, I know we do these, um, the favourite watch of the whole thing would be Possessor, which is a movie that I cannot wait to fucking physically own. That movie blew my tits clean off. Um, And then on the flip side, the worst movie is Antebellum Um, and in time when you all get to see it, you'll all realise why I dislike it as much as I do, Um, so yeah there's the polar polar sides of the scale, 
There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under stairs. Wherever you're listening to me right now, hit subscribe. That way you get access to the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire extensive back catalogue of Teapots content. Also hit subscribe on that Teapots Collective and get access to the other shows I do over there. Where to begin with Jallo, Chronicle, Opera Omnia and Doing the Nasty. You can check us out at our website. It's teapotscast.com. Buy merch to support the show by going to teapotscast.bigcartel.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast or facebook.com forward slash teapotscast. You can reach out and touch myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at teapotscast. The podcast under the stairs will return to you this Thursday with a very short episode. We're doing a little movie club announcement time. It is the third movie in a four-part series looking at black exploitation horror. It's quirky, it's fun, it's nonsense, uh, and I'm going to be tickled pink reading your reviews and listening to your thoughts when you have to submit them at the end of the month. And then only one other episode this week. We're three episodes and out, and that one will drop on Sunday when we do offerings as part of our 88 Farms slasher classic collection so until thursday wherever you are what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of virus please take care of yourselves out there this is duncan mcleish broadcasting live from under the stairs and i am signing off